Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, meeting the world listeners. I lost a very special teacher tonight, um, yesterday. And he was a very kind man. He gave me the confidence to pursue what I am doing right now. Be it this podcast, be it a blog that I'm keeping up. But he has brightened up the, my days. And I am so blessed to have been able to meet him seven times a week. So, um, sir, if if you're listening to this right now, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're everywhere, just comf- comfort comforting everyone. But I'm if you're listening to this right now, man, um, you've been one of the best teachers I've ever had in my life. So now we will offer a minute silence for an amazing man to commemorate his life. Um, sir, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us and just know that the significance of your life is so big and it has impacted so many of my batchmates. It has impacted so many of my schoolmates. So thank you so much, sir. And it would have been amazing to see your face astonished by the future successes of your students. Now, let's get right into the podcast. We're kicking off MPW's debut season. Oh my god, I love this game! (laughs) This season, it's football, football, and football as we hear how this sport has changed the lives of our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, Meeting the World Podcast Season 1, Football.
Hey guys, this is Ponce, um, our new guest for the second episode of the first season of the Meeting the World podcast. This season is about football. Ponce, thank you so much for coming. Um, yeah, no problem. Um, it's been an honor to also be part of your podcast. I hope I really wish the best for the future of this pod, your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm so happy to have you come on the podcast. This is your very first episode. This is your very first appearance in the podcast. And so, just to give a brief introduction to this podcast, um, Ponce and I are going to talk about football teams because we know that it's way easier to be a supporter than it is to be a player. So, The points that we're gonna tackle in this podcast is why supporting a team is a good start for anyone who wants to get into football. And then we're gonna dissect our favorite clubs, me being Liverpool and Ponces being Man United. And then we're gonna talk about transfers, rating the performance of our teams during in the duration of the PL season and our UCL predictions. So, man... Why do you support Manu? Manu is like one of the worst teams to support. <laughs> Shut up. I mean bad bad values. Gosh. I start I started supporting them like 2014. That's like the time when for uh you know Sir Alex Ferguson left the club, one of the greatest managers of all time and like you know that was like the start of the decline apparently of Manu um ever since Sir Fergie left. Uh, you know the reason why I supported them was because at that time, you know, I really, I really loved the way they played. Yeah, like, man. But um, but hold on, hold on. Cause yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I used to support Manu. Uh, from the first grade till the fifth grade. No, not the fifth grade because I stopped supporting clubs in the fifth grade. But from the first grade till the fourth grade. I supported Manchester United because, well, you can't deny the fact that their global recognition is the best. It's better than Real Madrid's. It's better than Barcelona's, especially with their success in the early 2000s and early 2010s. So that's why I supported Man United. It wasn't because of their players. It wasn't because of their values. It wasn't because of the amazing coach. It was because they were the most successful team. That was what I was being told. That was the only information I was being given. But as I grew up and I started to learn more and I started to not become dumb, I learned about Liverpool, Man United's Man United's greatest Rival. rivals. And yeah. there's no I believe that there is no contest between between these two teams now because Liverpool is amazing, man. They have amazing values that never say die type of air to them. Um, you'll never walk alone. Yeah, man, you'll never walk alone. And it was kind of ironic to sing that song in the hallways of my school. In the fifth grade, in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and then in the ninth grade, they started. That's when they started to really, really get into like more success. More league, 2018, right? More league wins. Um, no, 2018 was a bad time. 
2019 was the best time, man. Um, Liverpool won Champions League. I started to gain friends. I my friends started turning into Liverpool fans, and I actually wrote a blog about this where I we have to welcome, we have to welcome these bandwagons, bandwagoners, because even though they're only in it for the success at this point, if we welcome them as OG fans, if we welcome them into the club, they're gonna. Learn about how amazing this club is. They're gonna know. Okay, this is how I'm supposed to love this club. And with that, man, like, if we nurture that love of the bandwagoners enough, they're going to support the. They're gonna support Liverpool even when it submerges back into another dark ages period. And I guess that's next season. No, yeah. dude. Next season, actually. Yeah, just kidding. They still, they still have a lot of good players. They got a lot of good talents, like a lot of young players, especially. Yeah, um, here, here. Trent let's let's die, let's dissect the squad. I'll I'll pull up the squad list right now. Um, Liverpool squad players. Li- yeah, man. Liverpoolfc.com. Let's see can, their can squad. I can I start? No, dude, wait. Let me pull up the squad. Wait. First team. There we go. Second one's loading. So, let's start with the manager. So, Jurgen Klopp. Came in 2015. Late 2015. Um, Inherited a really bad squad. I mean, I think 95% of the squad that Jurgen Klopp inherited is gone. Either permanently or on loan. Um, based on the photo on the club's website, I only see Divock, Karigi, Dejan Lovren, um, Adam Lalana, who's gonna leave well, at the end of the season, Nathaniel Klein. Fair, uh, yeah. To be fair, Dejan Lovren is kinda, you know, it's kinda off like the season. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not really in the level of Virgil Van Dijk and the other center back. What's his name? Joe Gomez, man. He was always. He was always off. Dayan. Dayan was like. Okay, so he claims to be a world class player, and fine. I can't fault him for that. He plays for the biggest club in the world right now. But if I were to pick between Matip and Lovren, I would go with Matip any day. Any day, because Matt Matip is like so consistent, consistent on the ball. He's a good aerial threat. Um, he can head those balls out when needed. He's like Virgil Van Dijk, just a little lanky here. So yeah, there's Jurgen Klopp, and then. Another notable name here is Pep Jin Legenders Legenders I I can't pronounce his name but Pep let's just call him Pep um one of Jurgen Klopp's trustee one of Jurgen Klopp's trustees I mean he's the assistant coach really good guy um amazing man I think the players really look up to him I've read articles the players look up to him um He really gets that bond going within the team. 
And then John Atterberg, um, he's received a lot of stick, especially in the time where Loris Carrios was in the team because of his howler in the 2018 Champions League final. Oh my God, that I I watched that and it was like so symbolic for Liverpool. Um, to be fair, Mane's goal was it was amazing. It was an amazing goal, pero the rest of the match it was pure choke. Pure choke off. Yeah, it's because Salah. It's because Salah came off. If Salah was still on, yeah, and as you could see, the the Real Madrid players were exploiting Trent because Trent wasn't that like a mature player that he is today. He was still like budding. This is his first. This is for this is was this was supposed to be his first successful season, and Real Madrid just took it away from him by exploiting him, like, exploiting his weakness and everything. I mean, if you look at the goals, it was pure, you know, it was pure choke by Carius. Yeah, it was Car- the first goal and the last. They goal. were bad goals. They were bad but, goals. But the goal of Gareth Bale that was that was iconic, man. Uh, you can't you can't go wrong with that. That was iconic, Gareth Bale. No oh, man, I'm sure if we had like Alisson in goal, then he would have stopped it. If he's like signed early. So yeah, let's yeah. get into goalkeepers. Alisson, Alisson Becker, Alisson Becker, Becker. Alison, Alison, he came from Roma. Um, that was the season after Liverpool trashed Roma. So I was kind of skeptical at first, because well, he he let in four goals in one game. So is this guy supposed to be an upgrade to Lloris Carrios? And I couldn't be more wrong. Um, he's he's basically Neymar but for goalkeepers. He tripped that Leicester player one time. I remember in his like debut season. So one of the world class players, um, in my opinion, better than Oblak. Oblak's better. <laughs> Cause Oblak's like Oblak's like thin. But Alison has that has that mass. Aye, aye. But Oblak's more athletic with the you know, when he saves the ball. He has more athletic. I guess so, but Alison re- Alison compensates for that with his with being able to get behind the ball really with all his mass. And then second goalkeeper, Adrian. Um really good start to his Liverpool career. I mean in the UEFA Super League Super Cup. Yeah, in the UEFA Super Cup, Adrian um came in clutch for Liverpool against Chelsea in the penalty shootouts. Um, that's really all I have to say about him. Everything else, he's pretty average. I'd say a good 6.5. And then Andy Lonergan. Who is this guy? Um, I don't really know him. I think he's he's from... Yeah. I think he was from Wolves. Or like some uh, championship... Uh, yeah, cha- like the second division player i guess yeah he's probably just in it for for like third choice third choice goalkeeper just in case but cow cowimin no i i know that this is not how you pronounce his name but cowman 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 basta kelleher kelleher um this guy this guy looks really promising i've still read more about camille grabara he's a he's a goalkeeper um, so we have four goalkeepers. Yeah, Kelleher rose through the ranks at Liverpool's academy. 
and now he's in the first team. But in his so far only appearance, he's impressed. And I'm impressed by his performance. So I think he's one to watch, but doesn't really look like a serious talent as of as of late. So those are Liverpool's four goalkeepers. And I want to see how they line up to Man United's goalkeepers. Goalkeepers. Alright, so first one we have David De Gea. Um, honestly, he's a, he's a Man United legend, man. I mean, like, I know he may be inconsistent recently. Like, you know, he, he always tends to concede goals. Even goals that are, you know, simple tap-ins or what. Um, I really love the guy. I mean, I guess he should stay. I mean, he's kind of old, like 31, but he still got you know a couple seasons yep. left for him. Um, second I one mean, we have David Sergio De Gea. Romero. Wait, he's, wait. He's David a, De Gea is like he's he's degraded in the past few seasons. Yeah, hey, that, I'm not gonna lie. He has. I don't know why Man United haven't brought in a new keeper yet. I think Dean Henderson is coming in, but yeah, Sergio Romero, go man. Yeah, Dean Henderson's actually you know, on loan. Um, yeah, so Sheffield, he's impressed. Yeah, and he's gonna, um, you know, he's gonna. There's like talks that he wants once he goes back to the Man United squad, um, he wants to be like the starting keeper. Like he's really fighting for it. That spot, that that number can, one spot. I can see keeper. it. I can see it. Cause David yeah, isn't. You know, David kind of isn't gonna be another like, Buffon. David De Gea as of now. And Yeah. Yeah, David I mean, the Hair isn't Buffon's like forty years old and still kicking it. He's like wait, wait, how old is he? David the Hair David the Hair doesn't he look like another Buffon. Years old, so yeah. I think David the Hair is gonna gonna digress. By the time he's thirty three, he'll be champions championship quali- quality. As in the league championship. Yeah. So I, I mean Buffon's like Right, Buffon's second keeper for Juventus. Yeah, I think so. Cause Chesney. Yeah, yes, Chesney's the first keeper. The starting keeper. Yeah, Chesney's the starting keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, third keeper. I mean, yeah. About Sergio Romero, it's our second keeper. Um, he's a really good backup. He has, you know, he has a better save. Per- I think save percentage than David De Gea. Yeah. Um. He's from. He's an Argentine footballer. Uh, he yeah. He plays for the national team of Argentina. Um. um he's injured keeper, right now, right? We have league. I think Sir Romero is injured. Is he? Sergio Romero. Is he injured? I don't think so yet. But I, I feel don't think bad for him because I feel sense. bad for him because he's he hasn't been like played. He's he's on the second. He hasn't been played by Manu in so long. Um, when he does, he can He's. I think he does a little bit better than De Gea. But looking at your lineup of goalkeepers, it is not impressive. I don't know who Joel Pereira is. I don't know who Lee Grant is. I think Lee Grant is what um a really old game. Lee Grant, really old keeper. I I think he's like, yeah, he's all kind of old. Yeah. But 
Yeah, your your lineup of keepers isn't Joel Pereira is kind of young. Joel Pereira is kind of young, actually. He's 24 years what old. I, what so, I am excited about is seeing Dean Henderson come back. Um, He's impressed really well for Sheffield and... I'm sure Sheffield will Sheffield. will be grieving. And like one of the reasons why they're like above Arsenal, right? I like one of the reasons why they're above Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Now going back to Liverpool, you have um, going yeah, back to Liverpool, you have the defenders. So there's Virgil Van Dijk. Let's start with the big man, big man himself. Uh, um, Virgil Van Dijk is came from Southampton 2017, um, and he did not get off on a rocky start. He hit the ground running straight away, just cleared the ball, brought that leadership into the team when Henderson wasn't that leader that we all know and love today. Virgil Van Dijk was tipped to become captain, but you know Henderson got his act together. But yeah, I wouldn't put it past Van Dyke to become captain once Henderson retires. Because Virgil Van Dyke is a leader. He can and I was so happy when I saw his like free kick fanatics. Like good stuff. Um about Virgil Van Dyke. I honestly think he's I honestly think he's one of the best in the world right now, but um he also has that strength, that physical strength. Um he can like uh, how should I say this? He can like defend, like even though he's like the only one. Yeah. Because you know, no one, right? No one has dribbled past him yet. Like, on, no one has dribbled past him yet. Like, pero has he been dribbled past? He has. Him? I think he has. Uh, by what's his name? Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. But aside from that, you know, I still think he's a very good co- uh defender, and you know. He's probably gonna stay in Liverpool for like you know, a lo- um, for like the next five seasons, I guess. And I don't really see him degrading soon. Yeah, very much in form. Um, one of the rocks of Liverpool's back four. He's actually defended Mbappe, and then that's when I knew, okay, this guy's the real deal. He's gonna be the world class defender that Liverpool needs, and I'm so happy that Jurgen Klopp stuck it out for him. So second defender, um, next defender will be Dejan Lovren. Um, this guy, I'm not a big fan of him. He hasn't been the best player for us, and he's just been. I think he he just has a big head. Um, not the best guy that you want in your back four because he's so unreliable. Um, he makes those mistakes. He's very much like a carrier's player. It's just that Karius messed up on the biggest stage of world football. But Dejan Lovren isn't that much different from Karius. I think he'll be going to Roma at the end of this season. If the reports are true. There's not much I can say about Lovren, man. How about your fullbacks? Oh yeah, Trent and Andy. Those... Liverpool's play... The way Liverpool plays revolves heavily around around the performance of these two fullbacks. Um Alexander Arnold and Trent um <laughs> Alexander Arnold and Robertson always make sure to overlap overlap the midfielders um providing that extra width 
on the sidelines. And then they always make sure to put in a good cross. Um, I think Trent has created more chances than Messi this season. That's how good he's been. Andy Robertson hasn't been lagging that far behind. Um, I guess a little bit less than Trent. But I mean, these guys are pretty much on the same level. And I'm so happy to have had them. And adding on to the fact that Trent oh. cost us zero, zero pounds. Andy Robertson cost us, what, eight million pounds? And that's yeah. He came from like yeah. And then you're gonna com- yeah. you're gonna compare him to the likes of what Joao Con- Zhuang, Zhuang Cancelo, who came in for almost yeah, fifty Joao. million. Fifty mil. I could buy so many houses with that. Like what? What's what's up with from, that? But look, Andy Robertson from Valencia. Oh no, Zhuang Zhuang Cancelo came from Juventus. Yeah. Really? Ah, yeah. And then, the next senior um, player. Wait, can we go back to... Can we go back to yeah. uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold? The thing I like about him and Virgil van Dijk, they know how to do long balls from the yeah. back. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, it, it, it gives, like, an advantage for Mo Salah and Mane, who are running in the... Along the wing, you know, they can easily pass it to them because you know they're they're that's their spe- that's like one yeah. of their specialties, long balls. Like on the counter, they can you can easily pass it to them, looking for space. Then you know there goes there goes the comeback and a goal. Yeah, and this is really there. manifested in Trent's quick cross to Divock Origi in the UCL semi-final against Barcelona. And then the rest is history. Hey, to deliver that, to deliver that Iconic. accurate, an accurate cross on the biggest stage, on one of the biggest stages of world football, it shows how much quality this guy has. It shows that this guy is truly, truly a professional. And then that brings me to the next senior player on the in Liverpool's back four, Joel Matip. Joel Matip. Um, he's consistent. I think he's a solid seven and seven point eight. Um, really good defender. I wouldn't post. I wouldn't put anything past him. I wouldn't put it past him to become better than Virgil. But that's like that's that's a bit of a long shot. But I wouldn't put it past him. He's at yeah. Okay, so. My, I'll talk about my um and then the next player for um, Liverpool will be okay. Joe Gomez. Um, up and coming player, hasn't really established himself, really bad. Um, but I hope that he can succeed Van Dijk. At the very least, yes. Yes, good potential actually. Yeah. Joe Gomez. He, he from? came from Charlton. And then we signed him into the academy. He got injured, but now he's injury free so far. And then we have junior players in Sepp Vandenberg, who came from Ajax. Um, really um, touted to become the next Virgil van Dijk. We'll see what happens. And then there's Neko Williams. I think he's gonna be another Alexander Arnold type, just because of his, just because he's part of Liverpool. 
Um, he's gonna be heavily influenced by the team style, and I can see him taking the same path as Alexander Arnold did. And I can actually see Trent going into midfield pretty soon, and Neko succeeding Trent. But yeah, let's go into Man United's defenders. Yeah, you guys have got um, Victor Lindelof, Eric Bailly, Phil Jones, Harry Maguire, Chris Smalling, Marcos Rojo, Diogo Dalo, Luke Shaw, um, Fosu Mensa, who has gone under the radar in recent years, Aaron Juan Bissaka, Axel Twanzebe, and Brandon Williams, who hasn't really made a name for himself yet. But yeah, let's go into Victor Lindelof. You guys have a long list of defenders. Hey, Brandon Williams has made a name for himself. He's like a promising talent already. Like, um, you know, this time, like, I think Luke Shaw was injured and, like, uh, Brandon Williams had to replace him. He was able to, like, score a goal, like, a goal or two. In that time, uh, Luke Shaw was injured. And he was able to prove himself, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a, he's a really promising talent. Uh, next, we have, um,. Let's see. Phil Jones. Uh, apparently, he's wank. He's pure wank. I mean, he you know he's not like the he's not really a good defender actually. Um, I I, I see Manu selling him soon because you know he's he's he's, he's been really off lately. Especially um, the faces he makes. I much agree with that he's off and like you know he's yeah like <laughs> how how do you make that. Even in this picture in Google, that's that's a, like when you search Phil Jones in Google, literally the first face you see is. Hey, you can God. see. Wait, go to Google yeah. and like search his, search Phil you Jones. You can hear the duh. You can you can hear the duh from the photo itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it, man. But yeah, I oh, think man. Phil Jones. Um, I think he would have been really good. It's just he's been under the wrong managers. I feel bad for him. Who's your next defender? Ha- um, Harry Maguire next, is yeah. overpriced. Uh, Harry Maguire is overpriced. 80 million. I, I mean, I uh, see him making a name I mean, for he's himself. a young player. He's overpriced. And like recently... He's know, a young player. Uh, he apparently is the captain of Manu. See that is another now. thing about Manu. You're yes. you're gonna sign a player and then you're gonna make him the captain straight away. Does doesn't that speak volumes about where the club is right now? It doesn't matter if he's a new player captain. or not. I wouldn't have liked it if Virgil Van Dijk came from Southampton and then was made captain the very next day. That is not how it's supposed to work. It, there's supposed to be some longevity in their in their time in the club and then you can make them captain. Because they're able to understand the fundamentals, what it means to be a Liverpool player in Van Dijk's case and a Man United player in Maguire's case. I don't think he should be the captain. Um, a little bit more senior, maybe someone like what um, Luke Shaw. I mean, Luke Shaw has been doing pretty well for himself lately. Luke Shaw, but I you know if if you ask me, uh, cap a captain I choose is probably. Within um, Paul Pogba, actually no, he's not really a captain. Uh, captain. Probably Juan Mata. He's been in the club. He's like he's also like 
um, kind of Man United legend in a, in a way, but like you know, he has experience with the club, he knows the players very well, and like you know, in that age, I'm pretty I sure mean, the guy the guy is injury yes. prone, and yeah. I don't think he but, wants to stay at Manu any longer. Um, who, yeah, who would thing. want to stay and at like, Manu at this point? But yeah. Like going back to your defenders, I don't really see, I don't really see any standouts. We're pretty much improving. I think Diogo Diogo Dalo could be a standout Aaron in Wan-Bissaka two seasons. Um, Aaron Wan Bissaka. He's very good at defending. I think he should become a center back actually, because I don't at at the way the game is being played right now, I don't think he suits the profile actually, of a right, fullback. Right back. Um, the thing about him as a right back, he can also attack. He can. He knows. He's like Trent Alexander Arnold, but more on you know defending as well. But he can also you know find. He can also position himself in the attacking position and you know uh, make assists. Uh, I really love the guy and you know, you know you know the the game against Man City. Yeah. Like Man U versus Man City yeah. derby. He literally destroyed the shit out of uh, Raheem Sterling. Sorry for the word. Uh, he literally, as in all the attacks, um, all the dribbles, all the attempts of Raheem Sterling in that game, it was all blocked by Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And you know, I really, I really love him. I really love him. Yeah. And I kind of look up to him. He's not. I don't think he's gonna be an Alexander Arnold type. Um, he's na- he's made a name for himself because of his defending. He's more of defending. He's, he's not gonna become an eh. Alexander Arnold type. I see him becoming more of a Gary Neville kind of player, following in the steps of Gary Neville. And I can see him playing in center back in the future because of how he yeah. how he plays. It's it's a bit attacking. Like I would say twenty five percent attacking and then seventy five percent defending. Um, it's always good to have that attack that little bit of hunger in attacking, yeah. but. Yeah, I don't see any other standouts. I think Marcus Rojo could have been someone good, but really bad management. Um, he's actually Eric Bailly could have been really good too, but bad management. These players could have been really good if they had a Jurgen Klopp type of player. I feel really bad. But yeah, there are there aren't that many notable standouts. But let's go to let's go to Liverpool's midfield. Diogo Dalo. Diogo Dalo. Yeah. Let's go to Liverpool's midfield because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have ten midfielders in Liverpool's lineup. And I'll focus on the on the Reliable, the consistent starting three. So that's gonna be made of Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Milner. We're not putting we're not putting Fabinho in it yet because this is not he's not part of the he's not part of the usual f- middle three. So Henderson graduated into an attacking midfielder as he should. 
because as a holding midfield midfielder, he was kind of negative in the way that he played. Um, really, he just kept on doing back passes, side passes, never really got adventurous. But now, as a midfielder, as an as a central midfielder, playing in the two attacking midfield positions in the middle three, he's able to make those chances. He's able to make defense splitting passes and. He's able to keep the ball for the side. Um, if I were to compare him to a player, I think he would be close to Iniesta or Arthur, Arthur Milo. But yeah, really good player for us, and I'm happy that he's our captain. Next is Jorginho Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum came from Newcastle. Wijnaldum came from Newcastle, and um. Hold on. Yeah, Wijnaldum came from Newcastle. Really attacking, really good attacking player. Very agile. That's one of the things that I could associate with him. Very agile, and I think he he was one of the main components of Liverpool's comeback against Barcelona. Um, subbed in for Andy Robertson, and he's also very versatile. Wijnaldum has played all positions. I think he's also he's even played goalkeeper. In his time in, I think it was Willem II, Willem II in the Netherlands. Oh yeah, very good player. There is James Milner also. Um, at the age of, yeah. Who, Milner? I see him as a basic player, actually. Yeah, I, you could say that. He's a very boring player. But boring is always good in a time where... There's a lot of flair and and a lot of color in so many plays. Boring is always good. Um, you can't be too fancy all the time. You just have to get the work done, and James Milner gets the work done. And I think his influence on the pitch isn't that much on the technical side. It's more of on the. It's more of on the. Psychological side, he he brings that seniority to the team, so really good guy. And yeah, that's Liverpool's midfield three. There's Fabinho, Naby Keita, um, Adam Lanana who's gonna transfer, and all that stuff. Bejerdan, sh- yeah. Actually, Adam Adam Lanana is actually you know, the one of the. Mm-hmm. Players, first players club had when he arrived, and you know, parang he hasn't is. I I I kind of like the guy. He's, um, as an attacking midfielder, parang he can score goals, he can you know make assists, and like I I kind of like the way he plays. Just he's kind of old, he's thirty two years old, and you know, I kind of see. Yeah, it will be best for him to move to another club to because I don't see I don't see him having a future. A big part in Liverpool's future endeavors, especially with, especially with the players Liverpool has. Um, you know, another attacking midfielder could be yes, um, Takumi Minamino from Salzburg. And yeah, who's who's our attacking midfield this year? Uh, yeah, Jorginho and Nadum can play. You know. Yeah, Nabi Keita, Jordan Shakiri. Shakiri might transfer. 
um, doesn't really have a big part in Liverpool's midfield. This Curtis. Yeah. But he's a backup. He's a good backup. Like when Salah's out. There's also Curtis or Jones. The right wing position. But yeah, good players. So what about Manu? Who are their midfielders? Manu. Manu's midfielders. We have um, Scott McTominay, Andreas Pereira, Nemanja Matic. Um, Juan Mata. We also have Paul Pogba. Yeah. And Bruno Fernandez. I w- I was about to say Angel Gomez, pero he has he has left the club. He hasn't signed uh, a new contract yet, and it's you know, it's, it's it's expiring soon. It's expiring soon, and I kind of like the guy. Kind of want the guy to stay because you know he had a lot of potential. You know, yeah, a, I see him going to Arsenal pretty soon. Man United, Arsenal or Tottenham. But yeah, let's let's get into your midfield. There's Paul Pogba. Yeah, it's Paul Pogba who. Oh, he's an absolute boulder. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, he missed out most of the season because of an injury. But like, I really love the, the World Cup, especially in the World Cup. His performances in the World Cup is amazing, man. And like. You know, I guess people say he's off. He's pretty much off because of what happened with um, yeah. What's his name? Jose Mourinho. You know, you remember that incident, right? When they had like a small fight, you know, kind of degraded him a bit. But like, he still has the skill, he has the technical ability. Um, he, he you know, he really knows like the you know the. Yeah, you see, I just really see him as a good player and world, yeah, an absolute world-class player. Um, together with Bruno Fernandes, these two have good chemistry together. Um, Bruno Fernandes, straight from straight out of uh, what is what is the bullet? Um, Sporting, Sporting Portugal. Uh, yeah, man, these these two are amazing. Like Bruno Fernandes, he changed the club a lot. You know, it made us. It made the entire club inform, um, like ever since he came. Yeah. He's been Premier League Player of the Month twice in a row, and it's something. It's, it's something that. Yeah, he saved you know, your season. Squad improve, um, especially with attacking. You football. can see that uh, when he came in, if it, the Premier League started in February, Liverpool, Man United would actually be on top, one point clear of Liverpool, and that's just the impact that Bruno Fernandes has had on the team. Um, really good technically, very good long passes. He can break down, he can break down defenses, and technical ability. he is. He. he can I think he is the player that Paul Pogba was supposed to be. It's just that Mourinho started to play Pogba as a number six when he should really be a number eight or a number ten. But I think that's the difference between Pogba and Fernandez, which is Pogba is more of a number eight and Fernandez is a number ten. Fernandes being a playmaker and Pogba just being an all-around midfielder. There's also Juan Mata, who who is supposed to be succeeded by Pogba with that number eight position. He still has the ability. He can, you know, before Bruno Fernandes arrived, 
there were, you know, there's also Lingard, you know, that was also playing in the center attacking mid. Um, Lingard's really off, man. I mean, I don't really like the guy. I, you know, before 2017, he was actually my favorite player, and you know, I can looking back at it, he was actually a good player, but like, you know, I actually thought he could be like, you know, the next, uh, the next, he could be the, yeah. Um, is is Fredo or something? Um, I don't know, but he he had pace. He had, he had good positioning. He had skills. It's just ever since he got all this fame, popularity, and in Instagram, it kind of degraded him because his yeah. Is is Fred a good player for you guys? He came from Shakhtar, Don Dontesek. I don't know how to pronounce there. Yeah, he is. Don. been a good player I mean he's also kind of off but like also pretty inconsistent um, I because I would definitely play Scott yeah, McTominay ahead of Fred because I've heard so many good reports Facts. Scott McTominay Scott McTominay has a strength he has good aerial ability um, mm-hmm. like, I kind of see him I kind of like you know see him play as a defender, but like with like with that strength, huh? like, with what you can do with that strength, you can really play as a good defender or probably a good um a good defensive midfielder. It you know could help the back line. Um. Uh, about Scott McTominay, another thing about Scott McTominay. Um. Yeah, he can also score goals. Like when he gets inside the box, he can score goals. Mm-hmm. We saw that goal against Man City, like when uh, Ederson accidentally passed the ball to McTominay. Damn, that was that was like a legit amazing long shot. And yeah, it's pretty much about him. But yeah. Next we have. Wait. Next we have Andreas Pereira. Um. Also off like Lingard, um, you know, people like, kind of making fun. Of, people are pretty much making fun of them at this point. And like, you know, very these two players, Pereira and Lingard, they both had potential. And you know, I kind of wish, I kind of wish they, you know, they improved a lot. But like, you know, with what's happening lately, yeah, um, I don't think they have a, they kind of have a place in the squad. Only as like backups, backup midfielders. Okay, so next we have Nemanja Matic. Um, he's been he's really in form right now. Um, I guess before uh, before the before January, he how should I say this? But Solskjaer wasn't able to really use him that much because because like you know he's, he's, he wasn't really the best. But like recently he's been in form and like. Um, he's been able to help the backline defend and like um, make make chances with Pogba and uh, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. That's pretty much about him. And yeah, this is the midfielders of Man U. So I guess next we have yeah, um, dude, fingers. um, Liverpool fingers FC man. Um, Liverpool. We have we boast one of the best attacking attacking front threes in the world. In the history of football, 
There's Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah. And then, in terms of squad depth, we have Divock Origi who could sub in for who could sub in for Firmino or Mane, depending on the system that Klopp will use. And Takumi Minamino, who comes in more of a replacement, who comes in more of a sub for Roberto Firmino. But I want to focus more on the front three. I want to focus more on the front three of Liverpool FC. I really, I really There's Roberto Firmino, who complements. Isn't exactly your typical number nine, as it's been publicly acclaimed, man. Firmino is more of an attacking midfielder turned striker. Um, he's able to create those chances by his off the ball movement, and he's able to create space for Sadio Mane or Mohamed Salah to run into, and things like that. Um, Sadio Mane is able to exploit the space that he's given. Um, very explosive player. Um, I don't really see him having that that much technique, but in terms of explosiveness and just getting the ball in the net, he outperforms Mane and he outperform he outperforms Salah and Firmino. And but Salah is very he's very technically he's technically good. Um rivals Firmino definitely better than Mane but more prolific than both of them. So this is obviously a front three who can complement the weaknesses of each other with their each of their own strengths. The thing I like about uh, who should I start with? Takumi Minamino. Um, he has good technical ability and like yep. in his time with uh, Red Bull Salzburg. In his time with FC Salzburg. Hey, no, not FC. RB's Red Bull Salzburg. Um, he was able to like make a lot of chances with together with Erling Haaland when he was there in his time in Salzburg. Um, I really love these two and like and I kind of wish Takumi Minamino you know can like recreate that here in Liver- like Liverpool. Uh, as a like you know the only Asian player they have. Yeah. In Liverpool and like yeah. The, I just really see him as a good player. You know, together with Erling Haaland, they made a lot of assists. They made a lot of goals. And I know, agree. Him being in Liverpool, I guess he can be a really good backup. I just wish, I know, um, I just wish Jurgen Klopp can utilize him more because you know, there's a lot of players in that position already. Yeah. Or, you know, and then him. there's Diva Karigi. And yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh. Sadio Mane, yeah, he doesn't score the most goals. Like he doesn't score, he doesn't really score a lot of goals. But you know the thing about, yeah, he scores the mm-hmm. important goals, man. I mean, yeah, that's all about Divokoridi. Next we have Sadio Mane. My thoughts on Sadio Mane, together with Saladi, you know they're like one of the best in the world, the best left, the best players in the world. Um, I kind of like the way they play with pace. Both they both have pace, like, and they both can press, especially mm-hmm. with uh Klopp's gig in pressing. They both can press a lot and make a lot of chances in the box and score goals, which is probably one of the reasons why they they were kind of undefeated this season. But you know, they weren't really undefeated until you know they. Yeah, and 
we just lost to Arsenal 2-1. But before we get into the results, let's get into Man United's Man United's attack. You guys have got Sanchez. We have Mark Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood, Odion Egalo, Anthony Martial, James uh, Daniel James, uh was the um that yeah, it's pretty much it. Um Marcus Rashford he's he's really amazing man and, like no, not really. Um, yeah, but I get that. I get that he's a. I get that he's a very good player. Um, he's a good number nine. I'm not sure why he has the number ten. Um, not he doesn't really qualify for the for the word youngster anymore because he's one of the senior players at Man United ever since 2017, where he's been starting to make a name for himself. He's been he's been he's been starting to carry the club. And unlike Rooney, where he had a lot of senior figures around him, Rashford is making is going through the same road as Rooney without that senior support. And you can really applaud him from just from that. And Rashford the Rashford the player, really good. Rashford the man is even better. Uh I saw his campaign on making sure that all the school kids get the get them free meals. So yeah, good, good, good on him. Next is yeah, and like yeah, personality and stuff. Um, he's yeah, he's a really good man. And like, go knowing what he's been through as a child, like on his way to football, um, it's been pretty hard for him. But like, he was able to make a name for himself. And then next we have Mason Greenwood. Yeah, he's. He's an absolute. He's like nineteen years old. He's only nineteen years old, and like he can play with, he can you know, score with both feet. He actually has the most. Um, how should I say it? Like goes with left. Yeah, he's been likened to Robin Van Persie, and I can really see that. Shots. He is a very explosive player. He's a very explosive player because of how he trains. He's a very strong guy. I can see it in his physique. Very explosive man. Then you have Arthur Anthony Martial, who I think should be playing behind Marcus Rashford, meaning four four one one. Because Martial is a very technically, very technically good, especially with his skills and all that. And he has the ability to score. I think he's more of a Thomas Muller type of player. You can play behind the striker. Stepping up, like he's the one scoring most of the goals lately. The hat trick against, uh, I forgot what team it is, but he made a hat trick, he made a hat trick recently. And you know, take one of the things amazing about this guy he can score a lot of goals. Actually, you know, he scored 50 goals already, like in his time with Manu. And you know, thinking about that, it's a huge thing for him, and I hope he continues staying in Manu. Um, 50 million, it's worth 50 million. Yeah, man. Is is Sanchez is Sanchez a guy that you would consider keeping? Because he's been he's been doing very good in the Serie A with Inter Milan and under Antonio Conte. 
he wasn't he wasn't really good with Manu. Um, I'm happy he was loaned, but like I kind of wish uh, they sell him soon. Oh, about Anthony Marshall, he came from AS Monaco in t- 2013 for a fee of. I actually know. Ah, yeah, he was a member of Monaco squad, and then Manu signed him for 50 million, and you know, that 50 million, like, it was kind of expensive in that time. Um, but like in 2015, eventually he was able to grow, grow a lot, and make a name for himself in the Manu squad. Next so yeah, Odion Egg, Odion Egalo, um, not a very good player, not a very good player, but uh, Odion, good backup. In loan from China. I don't really see him making a name for himself at Manu. He's more of like a Sosjar. So how do you pronounce your manager's name? I don't know. Sosjar, uh, like Washington Shire. Um, so there's Odion Egalo. He's not the best player, but I can see him making an impact. He's more of like a diva Karigi type, who can come in clutch, but not really someone you could rely on in all matches. And the thing about him, you know, like. He's really determined in the Manu squad. Um, he's really hard working, like in training. Yeah. Even playing by himself because he came from China, right? And like the pandemic and all that. Um, you know, he had to train by he had to train by himself. And like, you know, the thing about that, he kind of, you know, kind of made him work harder and like improve a lot in the Manu squad. So like, eventually he can make a name for himself, like with Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. Uh. Yeah, I, I really wish he stays for like another season. Um, you know, like we pretty much had to agree with Chad. Uh, what's a team? I think it's Shanghai every game or something. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of happy. Hey man, um, I'd always love to have, I'd always love to have um, a player like that on the squad who has those values. And that I think that's something that Man United is, re- is really missing, the values that a club should have. When I think Manu, I don't think, I don't think perseverance. I don't think successful. I think money. Um, Manchester City is more of I can see them as I can, when I think Manchester City, I feel I I see the word consistent. I see the word. Um, scientific because of Pep Guardiola's concepts but when I think Manu it's just money there's nothing else so I think I think hard work is something that Manu is really really missing um I there's no value in the squad I really don't see it but yeah you have Daniel James who you bought on the cheap Absolute. 
Alam si BC scored goal. He scored a lot of goals and you know, made a lot of assists with his skills, with the speed he has. Uh, he kind of needs to work on his technical. Yeah, ability. and going back to Liverpool, yeah, I think, I think that in order to improve the squad in terms of adding some personnel. I think Liverpool would need to buy another keeper. I would go with Pepe Reina, to be honest. Because, well, one, he, he came from Liverpool. Um, he's going to love the squad um, no matter who's in it. Because he came from the successful times. He's he's currently in Burnley right now. But yeah, the reason I want Pepe Reina on is that he's not completely bad. I think he's only on loan from Napoli. I'm not sure, but he came from the top leagues of Italy, and now he's in the Premier League. Still, still crushing it. I would still definitely have Reina. Um, I think another good keeper to add to the team would be Camille Grabara. He's from the academy, but yeah, I think Liverpool really just need a keeper for defenders. There's not much to add except I would definitely remove Lovren because the guy is just not my type. Um, he's very big-headed. He's very... He's very, let's say, cocky. And he can't back it up with action. So I think Lovren should get out and then you bring in someone like I don't want to bring in Koulibaly because Joe Gomez, that's going to destroy Joe Gomez's path to the first team team sheet. But I think yeah, I think it's time for Liverpool and it's to, expensive, huh? to really just invest in their academy, bring in new players because they're, I think now is the best time to really bring in academy players because we have a good a good st- a good strong core of around 27-year-old players who can inspire these players to get on. So when I when I say academy players, I'm talking 18-year-olds who, when given the when put under the tutelage of a 27-year-old player like Jorginho Wijnaldum, like Jordan Henderson, like Virgil Van Dijk, in three years' time, those players are going to be 21. Um, could be sent on loan, but you could have one academy player in each department. One academy player in the goalkeeper department, one academy player in the defenders department, one academy player in the midfielders department, and one academy player in the attacking department. And especially in the attacking department where the names are so few, um, all three of our attacking players are 27 years old. And to have a Jadon Sancho type of player, would be amazing for us. But yeah, I guess I really just want... No, I don't think he's coming nope, to he's you coming now. To us, apparently. Especially since you guys did not qualify for... Especially think you guys um, did not qualify for Champions League they... football. No, you guys may have in- agreed yeah, terms. Actually, uh, no, agreed but that terms doesn't mean... You guys do not. You guys are disqualified. You guys you have a chance are to not qualified anymore. Um, here, let's see. 
Did Jadon Sancho No, we're not. We, we have a we have Man we have United. Okay. Let's see if he transfer because I don't think the guy would do that. I mean, he came from There is It's not yet. It's not yet confirmed, but like, I know, um it's very closing in on him. Dortmund and Sancho has agreed terms already and like by the time, you know, the next season probably, Yeah, so we already got him already. I think that Sancho would not agree to come to Man United because number one, there's no Champions League football. Number two, he's from Manchester City. And number three, Manchester United is not the best place to be in right now. So you may have agreed terms with Dortmund, as I'm reading right now. I mean, you'll definitely agree terms with Dortmund. Because of the pandemic, but you may not be able to agree terms with Jadon Sancho because the dealings between club to club is different from the dealings between buying club to player. You still have to agree terms with him. Yeah, but Sancho pretty much agreed. Sancho pretty much agreed already. Like. You just need to finalize, finalize everything and you know, all the papers and all that in order to for the transfer to push through. Um, and yeah, we have about Champions League. We have a chance because there's there's only there's only like uh, three games left for yeah, us. Yeah, I what I think should happen now is that Sancho should stay in Dortmund. I think Sancho should stay in Dortmund because well, it isn't. Manu isn't the best place to be in right now. Can you hear me? Hello? Um, games in the season left. But hey. yeah, that's about it. Who else is who else do you think could improve your squad? Um about that. He would be a really good man in the squad and like he would make a difference. Sancho is pretty much it, and like some others like, uh, yeah, like I guess another center back. We just need to sell like so um, some of our center right backs now. Well, Jones. It looks like you can uh, you can work with Maguire. Probably. You can work with Dalo. You can work with Shaw and Juan Bissaka. But now you guys don't exactly. You guys actually have. You can work with. Um, you guys need to sign another center back. And also, Koulibaly would fit the bill because Man United is rich. But would Koulibaly really want to come to Man United, especially considering the fact that you guys are not gonna have Champions League football? That's a really big factor. That's why that's why Liverpool secured Virgil Van Dijk. We have a chance there. Wait, 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 wait. We have a chance. We have a chance. We have an absolute chance. We have another game against. We have a game against Leicester in the end of the season. Our last game of the season. Um, we have Chelsea are going against Liverpool. If either these, either these two teams lose and like, uh, Man U continue continues this winning streak, um, we we would be able to reach that third spot and like. Just because we're not in Champions League football doesn't mean we're not in the position yet. 
doesn't mean we don't have a chance. There's still uh, another game, another game on um, FA Cup, Man U versus Chelsea, and like Man U versus Chelsea and the other team. Uh, I think Newcastle versus actually no Arsenal against Man City. Uh, if we can if we can win this FA Cup, it will be an automatic qualifier. Yeah, it will automatically qualify us in the Champions League. There's also Europa League. If we if we make it, if we win the Europa League right now, which apparently you know looks like a good chance we will win. Um, if we can win the Europa League, it would, it would also mean that you know we would qualify, it would automatically qualify for the uh, for the UCL. So you know it can go either way. It can go both ways. It can go all the way. So. Yeah, that's that's how we see it, and you know, it's not really a matter of fact. We're not in the Champions League Yeah, yeah but the biggest thing for you guys, the biggest I thing for you guys to con- to secure the big the name players will be Champions League qualification. But yeah, that's that's a bit. Uh, that's enough. Um, I think we should get into the performance of our favorite teams and Liverpool. Obviously, amazing, amazing start to the season, and we've we've only had we've had thirty wins out of the possible thirty-eight so far, um, three draws and three losses. So that unfortunately, our record right now unfortunately bars us from getting into the one hundred points club. So we can't. Breakthrough Manchester City's um, benchmark, but I mean it's still it's still been a good season. I don't think it's right to think, oh, at least we won the league. At least we won the league because for me the league ends after the thirty eighth match. That's that's it. It's non negotiable. You you want to win all your games, but I think it's also down to. Not being able to train during lockdown, Liverpool's momentum definitely died down. But yeah, and then what about Man United? What about Man United season? We've been doing good, a bit inconsistent, like what you said, but like recently. You know, we, we've been you know, doing absolutely uh, amazing. Um, we wo- we won four out of five games last game. The that one other game we had to draw against Southampton, and uh, we also drew against Tottenham, which apparently Tottenham we also kind of opted with Mourinho. We have a lot of good players, not gonna lie, but like, we've been kind of opted with Mourinho. I kind of prefer Pochettino Yeah, so far we've been really doing good um, We We won We had done I don't know, we, had, we had 3 games I think 1, 2, three. Actually 4 games where we won um, 4 games where we won at least 3 points uh, By 3 goals At least 1 by 3 goals uh, Sheffield United, Brighton, um, Aston Villa, and Bournemouth. Um, it's it's a really good sign um, sign for our club. 
and I kind of see a lot of changes by from this in this century. You know? Yeah. Um, in order to help us uh, get back, back, get back into the top, um, we may not be the best right now, but like we're getting there. You know, doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean we're 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 really bad or what, but like you know, we're we're really getting there and. Yeah, I, I I just like where Manny is right now and yeah man. For the time being, yeah we're we're still working on. So it. yeah, I I guess that's enough for the and, yeah. Make some transfers like Sancho. Yeah man, I guess this that's Sancho enough for the podcast this this episode. Um, well yeah, Liverpool really good stuff. It's just that they died down after the after quarantine and then Manchester United. It looks like they have potential, but they need to get better managers in. They need to, they really need to secure big transfers for them to get up. My, huh? But like, honestly, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing great, and you know, he's he had a rough start, especially with who he had in the start. But like, eventually he's, th- he's turning it around and you know, it really takes time for a manager to prove himself. Um, you can't really judge like through like, one, one season, two seasons. I mean, it took Klopp five yes. years to actually make Liverpool what they are today. It, you, know, you get me, right? You know, it, it also took but Klopp it really, time. You know, it really doesn't look it like also fair to give it really doesn't look like Manu are on that course. I think it's gonna take them eight years to it's get back to where they once were but yeah i can see your point you guys you guys will get to it's it's the cycle it's the natural cycle Trust that me. we all have to follow Trust me. but you yeah i see where you guys are coming from and um maybe we'll see you in two weeks uh thanks for coming on the podcast man uh bye bye <laughs>